take our text this morning from the scripture reading. We'll look at two verses. We'll look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. Four verses. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Christ often spoke in parables. That was one way he taught his followers. Of course, we've probably, most of us heard a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Christ would often take something that was common to the people that they could understand and he would use it to apply a a deeper spiritual meaning. We see the Lord doing that here with this parable. Christ often taught also by way of comparison and, and, and contrast. He would compare and contrast different things. Jesus spoke about wheat and tares, spoke of the sheep and the goats, light and darkness. And here we see the Lord speaking about two types of builders. He speaks about the wise builder and the foolish builder, and he also speaks about two foundations, one a solid foundation and one a shaky foundation, one that shifts and moves. Interestingly, too, the Lord ended his Sermon on the Mount with this particular parable. He did that for a reason. You know, the Lord taught many things in the Sermon on the Mount. That's the greatest sermon ever preached. The Lord uh, covered a lot of ground. He spoke about Christian love. He spoke about how to worship the Lord. He spoke about the sacredness of marriage. He spoke about man's relationship to his fellow man. Spoke about the standards of life. Gave us the Beatitudes. Spoke about worldly care, the golden rule, two ways, the narrow way and the Broadway covered many areas in that message, and then he sums it all up by likening the man that hears these words, not only hears them, but does them. He'll be like that man who builds his life on that rock. A lot of things to remember. Jesus also summed it up in another portion of Scripture when one of the Pharisees asked him what the greatest the commandment was, and he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. He says, on, all, on these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. So in other words, Jesus was saying, if you get those two things right, everything else will fall into line. So he was encouraging his hearers not to be just hearers, but to be doers. Again, we see two kinds of people. Those who build on a solid foundation and, the, and those who do not. You know, if somebody were to ask you to describe your house, you might have a feature of your house that's your favorite feature. Maybe 
you have an older house with lots of woodwork, or maybe you have a house with coffered ceilings, or maybe you have a special room, maybe a sunroom or a breakfast nook, or something that you particularly like about your house, and you might describe that to the person inquiring. I don't think any of us would describe our foundation. We don't invite people to come over and see the beautiful foundation. It's often the thing that's the most overlooked, but surprisingly, the thing that is noticed the least is actually the most important thing of any structure. We know a good foundation supports the rest of that structure. Spiritually, it's the same way. We need to start out on a good foundation. You don't have to be a builder to understand the importance of a good foundation. You know, if your foundation is faulty or poor or crumbling or falling apart, every aspect of construction will be affected. Your framing will be affected. Your roof will be affected. Your trim work, everything will be affected. So we can see the importance of a good foundation. And that's what Christ was emphasizing here. Of course, we know the house mentioned represents our lives. The foundation is God's Word and the storms and the winds and the waves represent the circumstances and trials of life. When we consider that, it helps us to understand a little more about this parable the Lord was speaking of here. You know, these men were different, but they had some things in common. They both built a house. We are all building a house of some kind. They both heard Jesus' teachings. They both heard the instructions that God had given them, the Lord had given them. They both faced the same set of circumstances. But there's one thing that made a difference. One heard and did and obeyed. The other heard and did not do what he was instructed to do. So we can see the main thing that made the difference was obedience to God's Word. That is building on that solid foundation. You know, the difference is the location of the houses were different. The one man built on higher ground on a solid rock. The other built down low on that sandy soil. Well, you know, the difference again is obedience. When we obey the Word of the Lord, we place ourselves in a position of safety and protection in a place where God can bless us and work with us and help us and use us. The man that disregards God's Word and uh, lives his life in disobedience, he's building, he's building on, on shifting sand so we can see the importance of obedience. Some try to take shortcuts in the Gospel. Word of God lets us know again there's only one foundation. We don't have any foundation on our own. The Word of God lets us know there's only one way. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 says, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is Jesus Christ. No other foundation. You know, man tries to build on all kinds of false foundations. It's interesting as you listen to some of the news channels anyway, the different pundits and the prognosticators and those that are trying to uh, predict what's going to happen in 2020, they come up with all kinds of things. 
Seems that most people, a good share of people, are basing their security on a good economy and a strong military. Well, those, those things are good. We're thankful for them. But you know, if you're building your confidence on those things, you're building on a false foundation. The Word of God even warns us against those things. You ever hear that term, financial security? That's actually kind of an oxymoron. There's nothing secure about finances or riches or wealth. You know, fortunes can be made and lost in a single day. One storm can blow in and sweep everything away. And the Word of God says, riches make themselves wings and fly away as an eagle to the heavens. Proverbs tells us that riches are not forever. So we can see these things are transistory. We don't want to base our confidence on a good economy. Thinking about those that trust in our military might. You know, I'm thankful I live in this country. I'm thankful. I believe this is the greatest nation on earth. Militarily, we're probably second to none. But you know, that doesn't do a thing for us in eternity as far as our security is concerned. Bible tells us again, it says, Some trust in horses, some in chariots. We will trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's where our foundation is. It's in Christ. Also tells us, Cursed is the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. So when we're preparing our eternal foundation, we must build it on Christ and Christ alone. We know again that that foundation begins with obedience to God's Word. Jesus asked His own disciples, He said, Why do you call me Lord, not do what I say? If you love me, keep my commandments. James tells us that we want to be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. You know, a good part of obedience, the main ingredient of building this foundation. The first step in obedience is repentance. Repentance to the Lord. Christ's first public message that He ever preached was one of repentance. He says, repent. Likewise, if you don't repent, you'll perish. So repent. John, the forerunner of Christ, preached the message of repentance. He says, repent. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. The day of the Lord is at hand. So we know that first step And getting on that foundation is that step of repentance, and that's an act of obedience to the Lord. Ezekiel 18, 21 says, But if the wicked will turn from all his sins that he hath committed and keep all my statutes and do that which is lawful and right, he shall surely live and not die. Repentance is turning away. From that old life of sin, repentance is surrendering to Christ and letting Him take control. It's not trading in one addiction or one problem for another. It's turning to Christ, forsaking that old life of sin. It's renouncing those things that we used to do, and it's walking in faith and obedience with the Lord. That's where we get started. That's where we're planted on this foundation. You know, we only can build on one of two foundations. Imagine what would happen if a builder tried to build on two separate foundations. It would be a disaster. If one was shifting and moving, the other was solid. Uh, You couldn't do it. It would end in disaster. In the same way, we can't build on two separate foundations. One foundation has to be destroyed 
in order to build on the other one. You know, when Christ saves us, that old foundation of sin is destroyed. That old self-will, that old pride, that self-righteousness, all those things, that old carnal foundation is destroyed when we're saved. You know, the last thing we want to do, once the Lord destroys that old foundation, we don't want to try to rebuild on it again. I thought of a verse in Joshua chapter 6, verse 26. It says, And Joshua adjured them at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn, and in his youngest son shall he set up the gates of it. Of course, we know this was after the children of Israel had come in and God had given this wonderful victory over the city of Jericho. They had marched around in obedience to God's word. We know the story. Most of us, the walls fell and they went in and they were commanded to destroy the city. You know what? Jericho represented that final obstacle that kept them from entering the promised land. You might say Jericho was a represent sin and the things that could hinder us from reaching God's promises. And so the warning here was once it was destroyed, don't ever try to rebuild it. If you do, you'll do so at your peril and that of your family. So we know when God destroys that old foundation, we don't ever want to try to rebuild it. We let God uh, create a new foundation and we begin from there. You know, if you build without a foundation, you're going to be done a lot quicker than the other guy. You might look pretty impressive to those passing by, no doubt. Maybe this foolish man, he, he might have looked really wise to the world. You know, often you'll find that the case. Those that God would consider fools often are what who the, the world would actually consider wise. Well, this man, he might have looked wise. He cut corners, he saved initial costs, and he was done much quicker. The only problem is that foolish man underestimated the weather. How often people do that in their own lives. They underestimate uh, the, the future and what could come and what often does come. And the Word of God says, when the floods came, not if, but when they came, that man that built on that sand, it said he, his, his work was destroyed. He suffered a tremendous loss. So we see anything less and complete obedience to God's Word is a false foundation. You must be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. It's not enough to know what it says. We must do it. We must hear it and do what it says. I'll share something here. It says, in 1992, Hurricane Andrew destroyed thousands of homes in South Florida. Yet in an area that looked like a war zone, one house remained standing. It was still firmly attached to its foundation. When a reporter asked the homeowner why, he replied, I built it myself. I also built it according to the Florida State Building Code. When it called for two-by-six roof trusses, that's what I used. I was told that a house built according to code could withstand a hurricane, and it did. This man built according to code. If you want your life to withstand the storms, if you want to build a stormproof life, build according to the code. 
The predetermined code laid out by God, the master builder himself. If you build according to God's word, you will withstand the storms of life. Your house will remain standing even when all of those around you may fall. Build on God's word. God will keep you steady and solid. So important. We do it line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. Pay attention to the details. And if you do it and apply it to your life, God will give you a structure that's going to stand. You know, sometimes problems can develop in a foundation that at first can go undetected. I looked up a couple of things that could damage a foundation. One of the most common things is tree roots. If tree roots can get under that foundation, they begin to grow, and often the homeowner doesn't even notice until it's too late, and those roots begin to come up through that foundation. It can cause that foundation to crack and to split, and it can cause all kinds of untold damage. You know, it's expensive to repair a damaged foundation, but it's far more expensive to ignore it. Well, God's Word warns us about a particular root that can get in there. Hebrews 12.15 says, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Look diligently. Be careful. Examine that foundation. If there's even the slightest detection of an old root of bitterness springing up, bring that to the Lord. Get it taken care of before it destroys the foundation. Another issue that causes weakness in a foundation is often, uh, they said, a plumbing leak or moisture getting in somewhere, something seeping into that foundation. Again, that is first maybe unnoticed. Well, in our Christian lives, sometimes if we're not careful, we can allow certain things to seep in at times without even maybe being aware of them. Maybe we develop a critical spirit. Maybe we allow a little compromise in our lives. Maybe we find a little unforgiveness sneaking into our hearts. These things are things that can seep in and destroy that foundation if we're not careful. So we have to guard that foundation, protect it, repair it when it needs to be repaired. Luke 6, verses 47 through 48 It says, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, he could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. It says, same example, a little different wording. It says, The man dug deep, laid things, laid roots that were uh, went deep on that foundation. You know, you can build on a perfectly good, solid foundation, but if that structure isn't anchored to that foundation, it can move off that foundation. So we want to anchor our lives. We want to be rooted and grounded in Christ. Wonderful to be saved. That's where we get our start. But you know, uh, we need to seek those deeper experiences when we're sanctified We're set apart for the Lord's service. We are consecrated. uh, We're putting down roots that will hold fast when those storms of life come. You know, nothing 
will test your foundation like the storms of life. They will come. The Word of God also tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it gives us some other instructions. It says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Verse 13 and 14, it says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. It says here to take heed how we build. We want to be careful how we build our lives. I heard a story about a developer who came to his two master builders and he gave them each a budget. It was a large budget and it was an equal amount. And he told them, I want you to take this budget and I want each of you to, to, to develop and build a house that will suit your needs. Uh, build as you see best. I want you to spend all of the budget. Don't underspend, but don't overspend. I want you to spend up to the amount of the budget. There'll be no accounting. You're going to be building this on your merits. And when the projects are completed, I'll come and I'll look at them. Well, the first man, he looked at that as a great opportunity. So he was very diligent. And he studied and he did his research and he very carefully planned every phase and every aspect of that building project. He wanted to be a good steward of what he'd been given. He wanted to use those resources wisely. He wanted to buy the best materials that he could afford. He paid careful attention to that foundation. And when that project was completed, he was pleased. Another man looked at it as an opportunity to make a quick buck. And he thought, you know... I've got this big budget. If I spend half of it, I'll, po- I'll pocket the rest. So he decided to cut corners. He decided to use substandard materials. He ignored the foundation. He didn't pack the ground down there, and he didn't do a lot of things, and he, he completed the project with half the budget still in his pocket. And, of course, when the developer came to look at the two houses, he was amazed. They looked equally magnificent. And he said, as your reward, he handed a key to each one of those men. He says, you get to live in the house that you built. That's your reward. Of course, the first man was very pleased. He'd known. He'd, he did everything he could. He did everything right. He applied all of the principles and the building codes, and he built carefully, methodically. He planned it out. The other man, of course, was disappointed, angry and upset, thought it was unfair. You know, if he'd known what the outcome would have been, he would have built differently. Sadly, too many people, they don't consider the outcome. But God's Word lets us know what the outcome is for each type of builder. If we build wisely, as we build on that rock, Christ Jesus, as we commit our lives to Christ, we'll be like that wise man who is on that solid foundation. But if we disregard God's Word, if we ignore it, If we try to build according to our own plans and our own codes, we're going to suffer a great disaster. So we want to build wisely. We want to be careful how we build. 
John 8, 51 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my commandments, he shall never see death. That's a solid foundation. At the end of that parable, Brother Darrell read earlier, it says, When he, Jesus, ended these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine because he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. They were astonished at what they had heard. Maybe they were stirred. Maybe some of them were convicted. Uh, No doubt they were uh, intrigued by what they had heard. But, you know, just being astonished wasn't enough. Just hearing wasn't enough. You know, you won't be rewarded in heaven for what you hear or for what you know or even for what you believe. You'll be rewarded for what you do. We want to be like that wise builder. We want to build on that rock, Christ Jesus. Nothing will reveal our foundation more than when the Lord returns. What type of foundation we're building on? First John two seventeen says, two seventeen says, the world passeth away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. That everlasting foundation. You know, I don't know what two thousand twenty holds. None of us do. But it's very, very, very possible this could be the year that the Lord returns. Very possible. All the signs have indicated and pointed to this day. It's imminent. The Lord is going to return. What foundation are you building on this morning? Are you on that solid rock, that rock, Christ Jesus? You know you can be. First Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And everyone that nameth the name of Christ, let him depart from iniquity. You can be on that solid foundation. You can know your name is written in that Lamb's book of life. When the storms of life come, whatever this year may bring in your life, you can withstand those storms. If you're on that rock, Christ Jesus. You can meet the Lord this morning. If you don't know Him, if you've never planted your feet on that rock this morning, fall to your knees where you are, come to these altars, open up your heart to the Lord, repent, confess your sins. The Lord will come in and He'll save you. He'll make that change in your life. Maybe you need to consecrate some things to the Lord. Do it in obedience. God will establish you and strengthen you. And as long as He tarries, the Lord will bless you in this coming year. Let's come and sing 526. These altars are open for prayer.